0: This is episode 109 with filmmaker, endurance athlete, and my partner on our new Running Smarter video course, Mr. Jeremy Green. Hello, and thank you for joining me on the Strength Running Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Fitzgerald, and it's a special week. We are celebrating the release of our new video course, Running Smarter, Running Stronger, in partnership with Cross Pollination Productions. So last year, to give you guys a little background, I was contacted by Jeremy Green, our guest today, and he's the head of Cross Pollination. And the goal here was to partner up on an instructional movie-length video series on endurance running. And so after looking at their previous projects and seeing just the incredible production value of what they do, I said yes. And I think there's an incredible opportunity To give runners more strategic direction with their training so that they can make smarter training decisions. And to do it in stunning 6K video in some of Colorado's most beautiful places only makes that learning process even easier. And what makes this project stand out is the production value, the conciseness and practicality of the training material, and the beautiful scenery and backdrops that just make it so special. I've put a trailer for the video course on YouTube. You can see photo stills and course samples on my Instagram page. And of course, you can see all the details about it at strengthrunning.com smarter. I hope you'll check it out, watch the trailer, and consider investing in the course. Like one of my Instagram friends mentioned, this is a steal. I think he's right. And judging from the reception so far, I hope you'll join the party and see what all the excitement is about. So my conversation today features the creative lead and owner of Cross Pollination Productions, Mr. Jeremy Green. Jeremy is a road cyclist and was damn close to being a pro during his younger years. We actually talked about a popular summit here in Colorado named Lookout Mountain that we've both done. And while I've done it a couple times and really tried for a fast climb, Jeremy has beaten that time by over 10 minutes in just about five miles of climbing. He's, uh, <laughs> he's a real animal in the best way possible. And he's taken that same drive and intensity to his filmmaking. His company makes educational video courses for coaches and athletes, and has focused on several track and field disciplines, as well as golf and tennis. Now, it's time for endurance running. We're gonna talk about the origins of the program, how it was made, and here's a fun aside, I was being filmed on a $50,000 camera just blows my mind. We're also going to discuss the lessons Jeremy learned about running that surprised him and who this course is designed for. I also want to let you know that I'm inviting anybody who purchases the course to a live Ask Me Anything webinar in the coming weeks. So go to strengthrunning.com smarter to see the course details. And if you'd like to hang out with me, talk running and ask me anything you'd like, just email me your receipt and I'll take it from there. Without further delay, Please welcome Mr. Jeremy Green to the podcast. Hey, Jeremy, thanks for being here and making some time to talk about our latest project. I am pumped.
1: Absolutely, man. Let's let's get this thing started.
0: Yeah, so I wanted to talk with you today to go into a little bit more detail on the Running Smarter, Running Stronger video course that we created, but... You know, you have such an interesting backstory that I, I think it'd be helpful to know who's behind it and why it exists in the first place. So, Jeremy, maybe we can start a little bit with your background. Uh, you, you're an endurance athlete. You're a little bit more of, of a cyclist, though, than a runner. What kind of endurance adventures do you get
1: excited about these days? So these days, uh, yeah, road cyclists in Colorado, so in the summertime, Lookout Mountain, Mount Evans, uh, I used to race. I don't do that anymore. And it's actually a nice reprieve from, you know, taking some of the focus off of the watts and the training and the lactate threshold and just really enjoying the sport. I do want to get back to racing at some point, but, uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I'm doing for, for training right now.
0: Well, when we did some filming at your house, uh, I was in awe at some of your road bikes. They really put mine to shame and I've actually been doing some more road cycling these days and I've gotten my lookout mountain time down to, I think it was about 30 minutes, which for this runner who pretends to be a cyclist is, is not half bad.
1: (laughs) It's not bad. I'll tell you like before the advent of Strava, I would do lookout and I had a power meter I was like, oh man, I'm doing really good. And I got under 20 minutes. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. But now with Strava, I'll do something you think it's really good. And you look and you see like, oh, okay, great. Like I'm number 400 out of whatever. But that's, I mean, it's a good, it's a good time. And it's, uh, I actually try not to look at Strava too much anymore because it kind of bums me out a little bit. But I'm a real competitive guy. So I think for other people, it's an awesome tool. But, uh,
0: yeah, the comparison trap is, is certainly very real. And I, I can't believe that you did that lookout mountain summit in under 20 minutes. That's pretty incredible. Uh, cause I was my heart was beating out of my chest and I felt like I was going to throw up almost the whole time just hammering up that, uh, up that mountain, but no, it's a really fun one. And, um, you know, You've kind of turned your passion for sports and endurance sports into a career. And now you're making films and instruction videos on all kinds of different sports. Uh, I mean, how long have you been doing this? How long have you been making films and doing these kinds of video projects?
1: So, we really, the first time I switched to doing these types of video projects, we were a regular production company. So, we did like restaurant commercials and real estate. I was a, a thrower at CSU, and my coach, wanted to do uh, an instructional video. So we said, oh, hey, what the heck? And then we really started looking at cognitive science and, and what makes video work. And we found that a lot of the assumptions made with, with most instructional videos are just completely outdated. Like they haven't changed. The camera's changed, but the the approach and everything has changed. So we said, all right, let's do this. Let's make it really interesting. Let's bring in some cinematic camera moves. Let's take some components of cognitive science and see if we can do something that's interesting and Long story short, we put that thing out. We got great great reception, uh, really sold well, really helped a lot of people. And so we decided to just completely pivot, and that was in 2017. And so ever since then, we've been uh, doing sports and continuing to push with each video the, the boundaries of how interesting we can make these things.
0: Yeah, that was one of the things that I was just so blown away by when you first shared with me some of the test footage that we had captured out in Rollinsville, Colorado, was just how incredible it looked. Now, I know some of your equipment is, you know, movie uh, movie grade and really high quality stuff, but, you know, the it, it's not just the camera, it's how you wield it and how you use it, and you, you and your team just had such uh, an incredible, uh, use of those cameras and the way that you were able to capture some of the footage, uh, made me look really good. And obviously I really appreciated that. <laughs> um, no, you mentioned throwing. Was that the only, what other courses have you made besides throwing and now endurance running?
1: Yeah. So we've done uh, discus. We did long jump, uh, with J- Janae Deloach, who she's, uh, she lives in Colorado. She got a bronze medal at the, was it the twenty. 20- 12 games, I think, in the, in the long jumps. So, amazing athlete. We've done uh, long driving uh, with Ryan Riesbeck, who is ranked number one in the sport. He drives the ball like 480 yards. It was amazing to see that. And we've done sprinting, high jump, and we have a couple classes scheduled for cycling, actually. That's going to be pretty interesting. And uh, we have a course coming up with an ex-Formula F- One driver. And so, uh, and a few few others in the works. So it's it's really interesting.
0: That is so, so interesting. And, you know, I'm not a Formula One driver by any means, but those are the kinds of courses, you know, that I would love to take just for sheer entertainment value. You know, I have one of those master class subscriptions. And, you know, I started watching the class uh, with one of the former astronauts on space travel. I'm not oh, going to yeah? be an astronaut, but it's just so interesting and cool. And uh, I can see how some of your courses can can be just like that. Now, what made you want to make a course for distance runners? What was your, you know, when you were first thinking about uh, making this kind of a course, what was your maybe initial vision for a program for distance runners?
1: So what, one thing is the information out there. There's so much, right? We're swimming in a sea of information. So first thing I wanted to do was make a course that's not geared towards high school athletes or middle school athletes or college athletes, but let's make a course for someone like myself who's a cyclist or does some other sport and say, like, hey, I want to start running. So that approach is going to be a lot different than, say, working with an elite 1500 meter, 800 meter coach. And so, yeah, that's one of the reasons why to consolidate a lot of good information to give a real clear path to success. Here's what you need to do. Let's get some really basic fundamental concepts and then continue to build upon those so I think that was the impetus uh, initially with this course is let's make something that's not out there because I wanted to start running and I ran in the first you know I have decent cardiovascular fitness, but obviously I'm a terrible runner i don't I don't do it and I ran with my wife and I think I got like three four miles and the next day like my lower leg I mean that was killing me and so I started going'm like maybe I'm doing something wrong and I started searching on YouTube, like man there's so many there's so much conflicting information. I don't know like the source of the information is it someone that just wants to make a video. So we really said let's let's make something in the vein of the discus video and take some of these te- techniques and tactics and make something that's really interesting to watch.
0: When we first started emailing back and forth kind of spitballing some ideas for the course and where we wanted to take it, you know, you said something that really informed my Uh, approach to the course, and that was, let's make a course that you wish you had when you first started running. And, you know, when I started running, I, and and I've admitted this before, you know, I kind of had this unfair advantage because I started on a team. I had two coaches on my first day as being a runner, and I had an entire team, mostly of older people, who could help me along and answer my questions and kind of provide me the right path. And, That's great, but most people can't do that. And if you're starting to run as someone, you know, if you're already an adult or if you have experience in a different sport, you're right. There's so much conflicting information out there. And what I like that we've done with this course is we've kind of boiled down sound exercise science and coaching principles for distance runners into a very easily absorbed you know feature length film almost kind of a course and uh it is exactly that it's the course that I wish I had when I first started running you know I I can imagine myself as a freshman in high school watching this like once a week just trying to absorb a little bit more and a little bit more so that I can make better training decisions Um so let's talk a little bit more about the filming of the course, because this was so much different than anything I've ever done before. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. I had no idea what to expect going, uh, going into this with you and your team. Uh, so we filmed, let's see, at a track right outside the front range. It was very beautiful out there up in the mountains in Rollinsville. Which I personally think is just absolutely stunning with the mountains, the trails that we were able to capture, uh, the river that was that was right there, you just can't beat that location, uh, and then we were in studio too. Um, have you found that this multiple settings for the courses that you make. Does this aid the learning experience? In other words, you know, what's the rationale for filming me in multiple locations on a movie grade camera and, you know, with some of the techniques that you did?
1: So, I think the secret to a good course is the same as the secret to a good movie in regards as like you have to care. It has to be interesting. It has to be engaging. And Say if it's one location, the camera's on the tripod, you're standing there dressed You can't help but – I mean, think back to high school. I I probably wasn't the best student, but I remember just sitting there, and you just get this kind of mental stupor going on where the person's just droning on. Nothing changes. The background doesn't change. So one thing I noticed, if I'm listening to audiobooks, and I'm driving in a car or I'm riding my bike, I attach certain locations with with things that I've learned. So I think that there is some connection there, and this probably goes back to when humans – well, first hunting and foraging for food. It's, it's it's important to remember, like okay, the good waters here, the bad waters here. This is where the lines are. Could be an oversimplification. In the running course, I really wanted to showcase that, and it's same with cycling. Is you get to see amazing things, and you're right, like that place that we found, that path, the scenery, that made me want to run because I'm not taking my road bike on those types of things. So part of that was to just show the beauty of of what you can have. And then also, I think the different environments really suited the different types of training and methodologies we're talking about. So trail running, varying the terrain helps with those repetitive stress injuries. You're, you're challenging your body in a different way, and it's a different stimulus versus the track. That's great for interval interval workouts, you know, showing Maggie Maggie's form. Um, I mean, it's always... I, 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 one of the great things about this job is I get to see these things in slow motion. I spend hours editing, and you really get to see like the grace, you know, Maggie just has grace. It's different. Female athletes have more of a grace than than men. Men is more powerful, but women, elite women, is always very graceful. I know this is kind of <laughs> going going off topic uh, for the multiple locations, but yeah, I think that that was at least the initial initial thought with us.
0: Well, you know, after we filmed up in Rollinsville near the trails and on that like beautiful dirt road, like leading up into the mountains, I went back there a couple of weeks later and did some running there because I just was so inspired and, and I had to get back there and, and just get in some more miles there. Um, but it's funny to hear you say that because you know it's not like we really talked about this before we did any filming or as we were building out the course contents but you know i can see how the more beautifully you film something and the more interesting that you make it and the higher the production value of the video that you're getting it just makes people actually interested in watching the content and you know you could have great content but it's if it's presented really poorly you're just going to tune out and you know i think I'm I'm with you there with our our high school days, just watching these boring presentations and and videos and things like that. Um, Now, how much footage did you end up getting in total?
1: Yeah, so there's a lot. There's a lot. And when you consider like some of the stuff we shot at 240 frames per second or even 300 frames per second. And so that when you're talking about even a 20-second clip stretched out, I mean, if I had my computer, I would show a screenshot of just how much footage that there is. And it's interesting because when you start, sometimes it's kind of overwhelming, but you go through and you go through and then pretty soon uh, you kind of start to memorize where things are and be like, okay, he's talking about footwork or, or ground contact, like, okay, I know some really cool shots. And you kind of build this, this library. It's a lot of footage. Uh, yes. Many, many hours.
0: You probably have your own server, don't you? <sighs> it seems like it now. Yeah. I actually <laughs> you
1: know, have like eight discs. Hard drive arrays for all because the the footage that we're shooting on the red, I mean, we filled up at least like a terabyte each day or maybe a terabyte and a half. It's just crazy because it's all uncompressed and then you got to compress it and and do all that stuff. But
0: did you actually watch all that footage? Because that to me seems incredibly daunting to go through potentially 10, 15 hours of, of HD footage. And you mentioned, you know, uh, the film that we got on the red, the red is like the movie grade camera that you guys yeah, have.
1: It's, yeah, It's like six, six K is what we shot in for this for most of it. So it's, yeah, it's
0: so beautiful. But
1: the thing is, yeah, this seems very normal to me because I'm used to staring at your mug because I did so <laughs> much it. And it, Like it, it's weird sometimes like with the, the golf guy, uh ryan respect we filmed we did one thing and i did a bunch of editing and then when i met him a second time it's like man we're like great friends now because i've spent hours and i yeah so and it's good because some people and i'm sure i have this but the the verbal fillers and the repetitive i'm doing a an edit uh where someone says actually it seems like, like 30 times a minute and there's no way you would know that unless you filmed yourself and it's also contextually dependent he doesn't say that in conversation but when we start rolling and he's describing things so i'm editing out those things you were really good though i didn't catch actually i don't think you have verbal fillers that's, that's, that's
0: give me really... a break jeremy everyone has verbal fillers uh, you know what not, i do
1: where it was like grading and nails on a chalkboard I right? so that's good give that to you did very well
0: Well, thank you for saying that. And thank you for staring at my face in 6K quality uh, for so long. You probably know all of my imperfections by heart at this point. Uh, Really, really sorry to hear that. Um, But no, I I think one of the things that I do uh, very frequently is I will say, let's dive in. I did a podcast survey recently, and one of the complaints was that I actually say, let's dive in a lot because we're talking about a topic. All right, let's dive in. Let's dive in. So uh, let's dive in to talking about Maggie. You mentioned Maggie. She's uh, an elite runner that lives here in Colorado. Uh, she actually did some demonstration work for a strength training program that we have at Strength Running. Um, but Maggie Callahan helped us with some technical work at the track. Um I was just curious, did anything surprise you or really stick out from seeing such a high-caliber athlete run and sprint? I know you should, you said she was graceful, and I completely agree. It's one of the reasons why I recommended her.
1: So one thing with this, uh, the company name is, is Cross Pollination, and that's because the original idea was, well, the greatness has to leave clues or it has to be present across multiple sports. There's got to be commonalities, and one thing for sure with Maggie is like Janae DeLoach, when we filmed her, she's one of the most athletic people I've ever seen in my life. And it is, yeah, just, just seeing the grace, the way she makes things look easy. That would be one thing that surprised me is she's running really fast and it just, it looks easy and it looks effortless. And that's the thing I hear athletes talk about all the time is when we say, walk us through that great performance. So I, we did it. We did a tennis video with a professional tennis player and I was talking, talking to him and about a great server, he actually played Roger Federer, and he had some really good points. And he says, "When I'm doing good, it feels effortless." And so, watching Maggie, she seemed to really embody that effortlessness. And and it's strange to say, almost like joy. You could almost see there is a physical presence of joy in someone that's that accomplished at, at what they do because they're just so in their element.
0: Yeah, I one of the things I love about watching Maggie run is that it's it's so technically proficient. And at the same time, it's it's not something that she's constantly thinking about. She is just running and she has reinforced that good form over, you know, her entire running career. And it shows, you know, and and I'm really excited to have that more technical demonstration in the course, because for me, you know, I'm, I'm not an elite runner and I don't have the best form. And so I'm not someone we should really look to for. Uh, you know the best type of running form and things like that, but Maggie is just really something special with how she's able to sprint and even run easy. And some of the really slow motion footage that you were able to capture of her running is is just so breathtakingly beautiful. You know, and as a certified running nerd, I can just sit there and watch slow motion footage of a beautiful athlete running like that just over and over again. It's just incredible.
1: It, it it actually made the editing job really easy because a lot of times, like so, there's a high jump video and the instructor is talking about plant legs. So I got to go through this version and find like what's the perfect example of the plant leg, or with the golf video, what's the perfect example of not hitting over the top of the ball, or something like that. With Maggie, everything I'm like, okay, I can just grab something different because she looks good all the time. And I think it is. It is just you can just tell it's the thousands of hours that she's done it and just being in complete harmony with her body. So, yeah, it was, it was really special.
0: Now, I, um, I'm obviously a, a running coach and, and I'm, I'm going to insert my coaching wisdom here. You know, this is really speaking to the value of simply practice and putting in the time and effort over a long period of time Uh, and that's really going to help any runner improve their running form and get stronger and build their uh, capacity for um, you know these, these skills and I do think running well and having good form is a skill that can be developed over time. Um, Now, speaking of skills, we cover a lot in the course. Uh, I think there are over 25 different topics spread out over nearly two hours of video. And, you know, we go over running form, race preparation, speed development, drills, post run routines, body maintenance, and that's not even half of it. Did you ever think that distance running was this complex?
1: I mean, so I had an idea and I think it's because of my cycling background I knew it was complex, but I didn't know the ways in which it was complex. So some things about developing their form and the technique and the cadence were surprising in terms of the the structural components of a training plan. Which the thing is, I, I think it's so important now because with the advent of things like Zwift for cycling, and I, I'm sure they do something for running where you run on a treadmill. I'm, there's got to be something like that. But so I have a couple of friends that are doing Zwift. I'm like, oh, I'm on this new training plan. I'm like, okay, so you're you're on a training plan. And it's just based on your functional threshold power. And that's like, there's no, how do you know it's correct? Because they're just blindly following and they don't have the fundamental understanding of what's going on. So with this course and the complexities of running, I think the way it was sequenced, the way it was broken down helped me to at least get a, a very solid fundamental grasp of the concepts. And then once you have the concepts, then you can start adding nuance. And then if you do a training plan, you understand why. So so many people just want to do like, okay, just tell me what to do. But if you don't understand why, you're never going to get the most out of the training plan. And I don't think you're going to enjoy what you're doing.
0: And it's also problematic too, because if anything goes wrong, if you go on vacation, if you get sick, if the season's over and the next training cycle comes up, Well, you need someone to build that training program for you all over again, and you don't have any of that background information, any of the real fundamental principles of sound training design to actually do it yourself. And so one of the things that I really wanted to do in this course, uh, which really I think of as, you know, like a class on running, if you could go to college and take a class on running, this would be it. Um, now, I'm curious, Jeremy, what did you learn yourself about running that that either surprised you or that you didn't know before? Because Lord knows there is, you know, so much so much uh, material included in the program.
1: Yeah, there's a lot. So one thing is running technique and running form. So that was something as a very amateur runner and someone who's just starting to do it because let's be honest, running versus cycling has a lot of advantages. Like the equipment, when you got your shoes, <laughs> cycling, you got just myriad things to keep track of. And so I've been dabbling into running. And one thing that I would always think about, man, I know my form's not right. Like, because, so sprinting is a very technical thing. It's it's much different than endurance running. There's technical things you need to hit and positions. And so one thing that really surprised me was the way you go about your form. It's not being conscious of it. And then actually how it can lead to decreases in economy. That's really interesting. Trying to actively change your form. And, you know, and, and a lot of times, they say in golf, feel isn't real. So what you're feeling is not necessarily happening. And so the ways to have, say, a longer stride, you know, I'm like, hmm, you know what? I'm probably overstriding. That's probably causing my heel strike. And that, that's one example of now, once you understand the fundamentals, it's like not just how to fix my heel strike, but like, what's the root cause of this? And is the root cause me trying to have a longer stride? Because that's some of the dogma out there. You want to have a long stride, they don't necessarily say how to get that long stride, so I think that was a big thing. The long run that was a, that was a big uh, just just how important the long run is, and and I think you said so many programs they have a cutback long run, and that's like it just doesn't make sense if you week after week because that's because the aerobic part is theoretically limitless. That that was another big one. Um, yeah, some of the recovery tips, some of the foam rolling. I made the mistake of foam rolling the IT bands or rolling the muscles to And I'm like, man, I have so much delayed soreness. feels like I did a leg workout and it's just because that's going beyond. So I think even some of those tips and I thought to myself, like just two or three of those things is absolutely worth the price of admission. You know, it's like when you when you read a book, if you get one or two really solid things, it's like, that's a, that's a deal. So, yeah, I mean, there was there was a lot of things, um, things that I knew, like I said, coming from cycling, but. Sometimes it's the nuance of things that really makes a difference.
0: Well, I'm glad you brought up running form because that is something that uh, I have been talking a little bit more about recently. And I found that runners continue to have a ton of questions about running form because we're told some things that seem contradictory and until you really learn some of the fundamentals behind it, it, they're confusing. You know, things like, you know, you don't want to overstride, but you do want a long stride. Well, what does that mean? You know, like what, what is that? What is the coach trying to tell you with something like that? And so overstriding is reaching out in front of you, but that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, having a long stride will mean that you're overstriding. And so the way that we broke out that nuance and talked more about how to have a long stride without overstriding, and some of the things that you can implement in your training, not necessarily, you know, the ways that you try to change your form when you're out there running, but really the training elements that go into the program itself that reinforce good form and that kind of intuitively and naturally give you better form. Uh, I think that's really important. Um, so who is this course for? What type of runner do you think would benefit the most from the Running Smarter course?
1: So I think initially someone that wants to start start running, it's, it is a great... Like, you don't have to have a background. There's, there's no... Um the lexicon that's used, I, I don't think in in terms of fluency with the running terminology, you do a really good job of describing each step of the way. So because that, that's that's a thing. If if you're buying a course and right away you hear a bunch of jargon, it's like, oh I should probably know this, like you you're you're gonna tune out. And so I think for the beginning runner, this is a solid foundation. I think anyone that wants to do the first 5K, anyone that's doing uh, half marathon or marathon, it's, it's, it gives you really good fundamentals. But the more I watched it, I also thought that even, you know, obviously it's not at the peak. We're not talking about crazy, you know, lactate, measuring your lactate after intervals and getting to some of the signs, which I know, you know, at least from cycling, it can get pretty crazy. But I think even if you're, um, you, you've been running for a couple of years, there may be things that you think you understand that are basics that aren't. And I found that across many different sports we've done. So, for instance, with tennis, we did a video at USC. And the coach says, I have athletes that come in. They're fantastic athletes from high school. They were state champions. They're they're nationally ranked. However, the fundamentals, they think that they, they don't have down. Some of the things with the forehand are, are coming to net, like I just habitually or continually see people they're they're missing that because they haven't developed the habits and so I think it, it's good to be open and not think all right I know all the basics because sometimes the basics are really what matters and sometimes you think you have really a good fluency and understanding of the basics but you don't and so I would say even, even mid level runners this course could could benefit Olympic runners probably you're probably at another level you probably have a coach uh, if you're really advanced but And again, I'm kind of biased because I know this thing. Some cyclists,
0: yeah. And I think um, when I was talking about the course earlier this week, I said that you know if you're a very advanced runner, you've read all the running books, you know, you've you've written a running book yourself, (laughs) then you're probably not the type of person that this course was designed for. Although you might get some entertainment value just out of uh, the beautiful footage that we were able to capture. Um, But, you know, one of the things you said I want to I want to touch on real quick because I thought it was super interesting talking about this USC tennis coach who gets in nationally ranked tennis players and he's still spotting problems with their form or their game that are just fundamental type of problems. And this really reminds me of cross country and track when I was in college because You know when i was an upperclassman you know i was someone who had a little bit of talent but i had to work really hard just to earn my spot on the team and we had guys coming in that were younger than me that were much more talented and right off the bat they were running faster times than me and they might have been two or three years younger but they didn't have some of the really good training habits or understanding of workouts that are basic and fundamental and so over time, their some of their performances started to degrade. You know, some of those habits that they had started to, you know, kind of bite them in the butt and, you know, their performances started to decline. And it's only when they started really kind of absorbing the lessons from our coach and and taking a little bit more responsibility from for their own running that they were then able to improve and really get a lot better. And so it's one of these things where, you know, you might be doing just fine as a runner, but that's your talent bringing you across the finish line. And if you were to revamp your training and get things a little bit more strategic and have more direction uh, by getting these fundamental principles right, you know, your performances are just going to skyrocket and you're no doubt going to be a much better runner just by focusing on the fundamentals, even if you are an intermediate or slightly advanced runner.
1: Yeah, yeah, Uh, so that first Discus video we did, casey malone he was an ncaa national champion and he went to the olympics i think he keeps he he's i think fifth now because a couple of the guys that were ahead of him keep getting busted for doping so it's like if two more then he's gonna he's gonna get that bronze medal anyway so he won as a freshman he won the national championship in the out, outdoor justice in, in division one next year he started really doing poorly and when we interviewed him he and i was talking to him off camera he said well one of the things was I thought, like, okay, I have the basics. Now I need to start working on all those advanced things. I need to work on the really just high-level science. And his fundamentals started slipping away. Unfortunately, he said he realized it halfway through the season, he's like, I need to go back to the basics and really understand and really ask myself, do I understand these fundamental things? Can I you know describe it to, to another person? Can I coach another person? And because obviously if you, if you can teach something, that's a very good indication that you understand it. And so he actually started doing that and, and coaching some of the people. And then his form started getting up. But yeah, if you don't have that, you develop these nervous system ruts. And if you're running, you do it thousands and thousands of times incorrectly. It's just that much more challenging and difficult to get on the right form. And so I think if you establish the right habits and technique and Connection with your body from the get-go, yeah, makes things a lot easier down the road.
0: You know, just last weekend, I was at a trail running camp out in Grant, Colorado, and I was giving a presentation on injury prevention. We did some Q&A afterward, and I got one of these questions, and it was, you know, what would you have someone who's 55 focus on for injury prevention, and what would you have someone focus on who's only 20? And obviously, for the 55-year-old, some of the fundamentals, the basics, are going to work great. But when we talk about the 20-year-old, man, to be to be a 20 years old again, to have those hormones coursing through your body, you know, you can recover from almost anything. And you actually can take more liberties with your training. And one of the things that I was talking about was when you are young and you are learning something for the very first time or you're very new in your athletic journey with whatever it may be, One of the most important things are those habits are those training habits. So even though you might not need to put very much emphasis on, say, injury prevention as a 20 year old, it will come back and pay you dividends in the future when you establish those habits now. And I don't know about you, but one of my goals for this course was to establish some of those very fundamental training habits at the very beginning so that if a runner is a beginner or even if they are an intermediate runner, they've been running for a couple years, you know, they they feel like they've kind of got a handle on training and running. One of my goals with this is to really make sure that they have those fundamentals right so that they can get the habits correct and then that will you know, pay dividends for them for the rest of their running career because, you know, they are doing the right thing and it's ingrained in their behavior, you know, day after day after day.
1: Yeah. It's funny. So going back, um reminds me, uh, I was talking to Peter again, the USC tennis coach. He said they're seeing athletes who are like 16 or 17 years old getting stress fracture breaks in their spine because they number one of the specialization, which is really interesting. Now, when I was a kid, you, you played all different sports. And then maybe by the time you got to high school, it's like, okay, let me focus on the one that I'm really good at. Now, kids with tennis, you know, seven years old, they're, they're attending all these tennis academies, and that's the only sport they play. But by doing the serve over and over, they're seeing these breaks in this. I'm like, my gosh, that is crazy. And it's partly because of an incorrect technique, but they can get away with it for so long. In this case, it, I mean, seventeen. Gosh, that's really young to start having that. But I think with running, it would be the same thing. It would just be—I don't know—maybe in your mid twenties, or maybe when you're thirty or when you're forty. But you're right. If you develop the right things from the get-go, just imagine how much longer. You know, but I don't know. When you're young, you don't. It's like your four hundred one k. It's like, ah, 40 years. (laughs) I just once you hit forty, it's like, oh my gosh. I want to be 80. Like, you got to really start taking care of yourself. That's just, it's not, it's not a linear function. It's definitely like a logarithmic uh, function.
0: Yeah, you, time tends to really speed up the older you get. And uh, now that I'm approaching 40, I'm definitely thinking more about getting back to fundamentals with not just running, but my finances too, you know, and (laughs) just making sure that, you know, I'm doing all of the little things that are going to improve my longevity with running because I think at the end of the day, that's what we all want, right? Like we love to run, we love to ride our bike. We wanna do it for a really long time. And, you know, I I love, you know, I love riding my bike up Lookout Mountain and getting passed by like some 60-year-old guy who's just hammering on his bike. And for me, that gives me a glimpse of potentially my own future. And I find that very comforting and I find that very exciting because that means I have decades more of athletic adventures, whether that's running and cycling, obstacle course racing, you know, whatever it might be. And hopefully this course can be part of a runner's education so that they can have those decades of productive, healthy running in their future. So yeah. Jeremy, this was this was fun. I I just loved. I always had great time chatting with you while we were filming and uh, doing this project together. Um, maybe we can end with you know what, what was the highlight for you as you were reviewing all that those hours of footage of me in short shorts running along on the trails. I, I know this was a real treat for you. How how
1: did you feel about that? So yeah, short shorts aside, I mean. <laughs> Some of the things we film, like when you're from, like filming golf. or Golf there's nice because you have the golf course, but it's a stationary activity. With with filming running, I was like, "All right, we're going to do some really cool stuff." And so we modified our our sport utility vehicle with some harnesses, and we got uh, a, a remote set up. So we had two operators with a camera, and I'm like, we can really kind of push the envelope on this one in terms of getting shots from the car, getting shots on the trail. So I mean, all the like I. Yeah, being in that trail. And then normally you film something, you come back and you review it. And it's kind of like watching a sporting event because you think it's going to turn out well, but there's like a lot of variability. So you're like, okay, is the shot in focus? How's the lighting here? Did did we do the right frame rate for this? And with the running class, uh, shot after shot, I'm like, whoa. This is a very, very visually interesting. Like everything, I'm like, this is great, this is great, this is great. So I knew right away from that. Part, I'm like, we have so many good visual shots. It worked out. Like the lighting being in Colorado, yeah, but that whole thing, but the drone shots, all of it. I mean, it's just, it's just really. I say that's so that's probably the highlight.
0: Yeah, I think the highlight for me was, was having that whole rig set up in the back of your car and running on that beautiful dirt road towards the mountains. We getting close to the trail and it felt like I was in a movie and, you know, the, the footage is great because it just is me running, but what we didn't see was like all the things around me that were working to capture that shot. And you know, the whole rig in the back of the car, and there's, you have some, you and uh, some of your team like hanging out the back. It was just really a, a cool experience for me. So um, thanks so much for contacting me about it because now it's, it's real, it's out in the world. I am so excited to introduce it to the Strength Running audience. And Jeremy, just thanks for being here and talking a little bit more about it. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Hey, it's Jason again. I hope you enjoyed this fun chat with Jeremy Green and got some helpful advice for your running and some background on our new course, Running Smarter, Running Stronger. We're really excited about it and know that it's going to make a big dent in the running space. Head on over to strengthrunning.com/smarter to watch the trailer, see all the course lessons and all the other details. And don't forget, forward me your receipt to get your invitation to a live webinar with me to ask me anything. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Until next time.